Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Hello, and welcome to The Mandalorian Season 2 Review from Homo Superior. Uh, this week, we will be going over all of Season 2, so, so many, many spoilers ahead. Uh, just to get us kicked off, we're going to go through a little recap of the season and some fun points. Uh, this season, uh, the second season of Disney, this Disney Plus show had eight new episodes. Mando and the Child had many adventures over the course of the season, facing off against a crate dragon on Tatooine, transporting a frog lady safely home, blowing up an imperial base, assisting some fellow Mandalorians on a mission, learning Baby Yoda's real name, and <laughs> meeting some big names in the Star Wars lore, which include Bo-Katan, Ahsoka Tano, from the animated series that we know and love, as well as movie legacy characters like Boba Fett and Luke Skywalker. So we have a bunch of characters, we have a bunch of different episodes, kind of all going in different which ways. Uh, just to start us off, let's, uh, let's decide what makes this the best season of TV ever and what makes it the worst. I can go for best. Uh, yeah. I, it has a formula, but it is a wonderful formula. Every episode is a bite-sized mini story that I love. I get engaged. They treat the characters very authentically. Uh, it just has a very wonderful pace. Um, the special effects are incredible for a TV show. God bless Disney Plus. Makes me very excited for the rest of their uh, material, especially MCU. Um, and just, you know, the whole, I know we talked about before of the, uh, is it the bear and cub? I'm thinking of the old manga, Kaylin, that you always mentioned about the show, but just the whole lone idea. Wolf, lone wolf and cub. Lone wolf and cub, yes, exactly. And like the, just the father-son relationship or father-child relationship and just so many new characters too that all, I love the fact that they tied it in. So it's just the best. Kaylin? Um, Adam, bear and cub is your relationship with Andrew. So let's leave that <laughs> off podcast. But um what I really love about this season was um, at the end of 2019, after walking out of Rise of Skywalker, saying, what the fuck was that? As a lifelong Star Wars fan, I think between Ryan and me, we're probably the two, two biggest Star Wars fans on this podcast. Uh, often we have differing opinions, but we did agree <laughs> that we both hated Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, um, we came together we both. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Uh, it's like uh, fighting like the, the big the big boss at the end. Um, and then we both really, really enjoyed uh, the second season of Mandalorian. Uh, while it's not completely flawless, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, it brought back like just the fun and adventure yeah. of Star Wars without getting too mired into uh, needless continuity, um, you know, attempting to fix things that didn't necessarily need to be fixed. Um, it just, it's just, it's just a fun show and it brought back like the magic of Star Wars. Brian? Complete, completely agree, Kaylin. In our, um, in our year-end wrap-up, one of my favorite things of the year was like me liking Star Wars again, because obviously the sequel movies were not a big success with the fans. So uh, for them to seam seamlessly get all of these like Easter eggs, small little things from the old lore and just do it to the current day. It's, it's so well done. Uh, most of the acting is really well done as well. 
Um, and uh, I, yeah, I, I'm obsessed. Like the the idea that we have taken Star Wars animated characters and brought them into live action is mind boggling. And yeah. mixing them with other legacy characters is crazy to me. So like they're they are doing what the films could not. So I I'm obsessed with this season. I love uh, continuity and I love continuity done right. And this is definitely continuity done right. Also, I like the fact that um, an IP, a series, whatever, that um, basically mentally was just dead for me. Like I could just have written it off and been done with it, has been resurrected in such a way. Like this was an excellent, excellent season. Yeah. Um, Did anyone have any why this is the worst? And I think I already know Clark's personally. And it's one actress in particular. Yeah, that, that's my worst. <laughs> we'll park um, it into it. it well, we can talk about it during that episode. Okay. Well, um, I can go. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead, Adam, please. Mine is just more of a, it's more like forward looking feedback for The Mandalorian than anything else. And actually, it's more for Disney, which is uh-huh. do not oversaturate your market. The thing that I get nervous about is that, uh, and I, I'm a huge agreement with all of you that like, I have always found myself enjoying Star Wars far more as a TV or other media property than the movies. I've come to really continue to look back or even just evolve with them and be like, these are awful. These are not good movies, but the world is so wonderful. And I think there's a benefit to that for The Mandalorian, especially because it takes that more like R-rated, like soft R-rated version of Star Wars that the movies can't really accomplish. What I do get nervous about, especially with some of the announcements of some of coming, like the Book of Boba Fett and some of the other shows is like, I just want to avoid it all being additional mercenary shows or like additional war shows. I want to see like, I want to see like the Las Vegas version of Star Wars. Like, you know, it's like, what's ha- what's all the weird stuff happening at a galactic cantina kind of thing every week? Like, there's just got to be lots of interesting new ways to take it. So I'm assuming they might do some of that, but I get a little bit nervous on this tightrope that this can get boring fast if it doesn't keep evolving. Kayla. Adam wants uh, Canto Bite the series. You heard it here first, y'all. <laughs> no! You know, pod, I just- story. Pod racing constantly, pod racing. A, there's a story there. I'm sure someone could turn it around. I hate it. There you uh, go. It's Ocean's Eleven in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, just... they, they already had a heist episode. So, I mean, right. eh. there, there you go. There I love that. favorite. Me too, it's good. I, okay, so I, I'm, I'm having a trouble, I'm having a big trouble to actually pinpoint why it would be the worst, but one thing that I could think is they've introduced so many elements in this, and this was obviously, like Adam said, to go, branch off into these other series, but you don't have to connect too, too much to what we know and love before. Yes. We'll get into the Luke Skywalker moment of it all at, at the end of the last episode, but you don't need to connect that tightly to what we already know. It's right. my only yep. Kaylin. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, to be, I'll do both forward looking and, you know, retrospectively. Um, I think, you know, the big moment of Luke coming in at the end was like a Holy shit moment for everybody. And I don't want the creators to use that as a crutch moving forward. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, okay. It's like, Oh, well, now we're going to tie it into, you know, uh, Lando Calrissian, you know, in Bespin, you know, like uh, in Cloud City, like, you know, I'm like, if it, it works in the story, great. 
it might happen if it works for the story great but don't don't do it just to like shock us right um or to like you know bring it back in just for continuity's sake i will say the actual like retrospective worst for me and it's i think it's mainly just because of the way i watched this season was like you know it what disney plus does is they don't give you the full season at once like netflix does it's episodic week by week and you know i watched it each week and there was early on in the season i just felt there was a little bit of like um repetition happening where i was like okay we know what's gonna happen they're just changing the environment and the setting a little bit they're changing around the characters but it's like they're doing this this and this and then like kind of halfway through the season i felt like they were they kind of got away from that a little bit or they the story started coalescing uh a little bit more and made it more serialized i wonder if if I'd watched it all at once, if I'd felt that way, I, I don't know. I don't know. Clark? Mark? Um, I was reading something right at the very beginning of this season that it felt like, for the and it definitely 100% did for like the first three, four episodes, that it felt like a video game where you're doing a lot of side missions the entire yeah. time. And you're like, totally. I just want to get back to the fucking main, like the main thoroughfare, yeah. like the main don't plot. Don't do these never, side quests. You're like, wait, don't no, we have to do this. Oh, let's pay attention to that instead of this actual fucking story. Like get Grogu to where he right. has to go. Not Yeah. But definitely, like, everything from, oh, gosh, the one where they blew up the the clone plant on, we're right. like, all right, yeah. this is discontinuing the story without having to deal with some side nonsense. Yeah, I can definitely. Even though the nonsense was good. Even though the nonsense was good. Yeah, it was fun. I can definitely, yeah, I was going to say, I can definitely confirm, Kaylin, that, like, because I did watch it pretty much all in one lump sum. And I actually had to stop sometimes at the beginning because it did feel a little bit droning on because it was those, like, every mission every week and i think when it's great it's great like the heist mission there's a lots of still these really cool missions that hit uh you know every, both seasons have them but it's exactly right it's like sooner or later it needs to especially because they had such a big bombastic ending at the last season it felt weird to have this giant stretch of like oh we're back to the same old beginning of the first season right so so let's talk about the actual format of the episodes so all of last season was pretty much episode story of the week sort of like side quests like you guys said um and obviously it gets repetitive especially when it, you go into the second season do you guys want this peppered in should we go back to the season one format or do we like the larger plot of season two which basically converges at the end and everyone sort of comes together what what do you guys prefer in terms of yeah I feel like a lot of season one was getting us to the this main plot of season two. These side plots actually went there. So they weren't yeah. waste of side plots because we ended up getting a lot of the characters back. Um, I do like this better. I would like a few side missions, but not three in a row. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think almost half the season needs to be a side mission. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think just, for me, it's... Oh, I'm sorry, Clark. Go ahead. Nothing. I was just going to say, give me as many Timmy Oliphant side missions as you want. <laughs> and maybe some Amy Sedaris thrown in there. And then I'm yes. good. Yeah. Yeah, he looked good. Um, it all kind of depends on where the show goes. You know, clearly, um, uh, Gragu is now with Luke. The show is going to go it's, off in its own it's, direction. It's actually Grogu. But God. Gragu. <laughs> But I love it's, you. you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, I kind of like Grago, Grago, you know, Grago. Grago. put it over some, you know, some fettuccine or some papadella. 
Madura Dragu. But it all it all kind of depends on where the like the the show ends up going. But my personal preference for any kind of show like this is to not do episodic uh, as much as possible. Is to make it serialized. I want to see like the big plot, and yeah. I have a feeling this is ultimately going to connect to um, you know the creation of the first order. Uh, even though we didn't, we have mixed feelings about the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, um, they are going to have to connect because that is canon. Um, so I think that's what's that's probably what's going to end up happening. And I don't mind necessarily seeing that because it, it, like that that backstory definitely needed to be filled, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and we can theorize about what the other ones are. And uh, John Favreau, D- Dave Filoni, all of them have said these series are going to. they're all going to come together and actually go into a big event type of series. So we know that's on there. I can totally see that happening, Caitlin. I think that's completely right. Like the Defenders. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. But good. (laughs) But good, but better, hopefully. Uh, No, yeah, I I think that, and and again, I'm thinking through like what made some of the missions the most successful, the side missions. And obviously it was like a good, the character of the week, but it's also the continuing ensemble. Because I think, when you had, I like, I'm misplacing everyone's name, but it was like Carl Weathers, the giant heavy gun woman. Like when you started having recurring character permissions, that's- They're, they're all on the outline. Well, you know yeah. what? I'd rather just have, make a fun joke of it. You're supposed to just run along with that. <laughs> um, but no, I do, I really liked a lot of the stuff this season. Granted, it was starting to build into the bigger storyline. I really did enjoy that there were still lots of little like mini missions involving characters. Cause I think, in order for an episodic of the week thing to work, you still need ongoing character development or at least experiences. And it's, if it's always just Mando and someone new, it doesn't pay off. But if you get to see like the fucking uh, bald guy, that's the character actor that's always in everything. Like his whole journey was very cool to watch between the seasons. So I just, I think there's a good opportunity for both Wait, things. The bald guy meaning Bill Burr? Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was like, I fucking despise him. That was one of the things I, there don't like many, the character. I hate I hate Bill Burr. I just I look at him and want to punch him in the face. As I we know, yeah. I hate Katie, I hate I hate Katie Sackoff. And a, he, um, oh, okay. And yeah. who's the other one I hate? Oh yeah, that's the big one. Uh, Adam's big. What do you call her? Big oh, gun girl. Big gun. Uh, big Barda. She's Car- big Barda. Cara, Cara Dune. Cara. Yeah, um, now that Gina Carano has came out as a big piece of Trump shit. After yeah. those tweets, I just, I don't want to look at her face ever again. Okay, so question for you guys. Um, of the recur- reoccurring characters that we maybe seen in the previous season, who came back and who did it well? Obviously. Who came back? Oh. Obviously, Gragu was great. But- <laughs> Gragu. <laughs> Gragu. Gragu. I no, I think, I uh, oh, go ahead. I don't okay. even need to see Amy Sedaris in big doses. Just have her show up, talk to yeah. him for a little bit, fix some ship. Bitch, put her on the ship and have her in every episode and just say one thing. Now that I I mention it, I realize that Timothy Oliphant and and Amy Sedaris are on the same planet, Tatooine. They're on Tatooine. Give give me a Tatooine show. Just with them as the stars. And throw in one of those stupid droids that you just hit their face and then they clamp up from episode one. You know what I mean? Just like Uh, fun stuff. What are you talking about? Book of the book of Fett, book of Boba, whatever it's called, is going to be set on Tatooine. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. Well, there you go. He took, Best friends. He took. Yeah, there you go. 
Um, I thought uh, Mingwa uh, Wen's character, uh, Fennec Shand, is that her name? Uh, I yep. thought, like, I liked her in season one, but I liked her even more in season two as Boba Fett's, like, associate, you know, partner, whatever. Uh, I thought she was really fucking cool. Caitlin, you're going to love Ming-Na Wen in anything she's in. <laughs> Goddamn mm-hmm. cavalry, and we stand Ming-Na Wen. Just don't bring up Bahrain. That's her <laughs> only thing. That's an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. So only two people in the entire world get that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, oh. I. she is such a good ad to be like Boba Kitt's, uh, <laughs> Boba Fett's sidekick. Boba Kitt. Uh, uh, Boba yeah. T. Got it. Um, I'll give a big shout out to Giancarlo Esposito. I think Moff Gideon continues to be uh, an interesting character. I was almost like disappointed he was in so little of the half of the the first half of the season, but obviously it built out really well. And just, it really is that there's that meme where it's like the minute Giancarlo Esposito shows up, you know, he's going to fuck up the main character's (laughs) life. And I'm always just like, God damn, he is so good at playing weird businessmen, even in space. (laughs) He is so menacing. Yeah. He is so scary. You don't, he is, uh, I think he's in his like late 40s. No, he's and, like, but I, no, he's not. He's nearly 60. Oh, damn. Like oh, 62. yeah, he looks great. But, but I'm like, he could kill me. He could kill me with his bare hands. Like, I am scared. Of, he is so, such a good actor. I love him. It's like when people say, like, you know, a voice has daggers. Like, you can feel like whenever he talks to you, like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> okay so of the new characters we have a bunch so some that were pre-existing so like ahsoka tano boba fett um bo katan all of them we also had some one-offs like frog lady so <laughs> with, <laughs> which i <laughs> what a what a weird character that with, was pretty with, great i loved her uh with that all said uh who of the new characters did you like this season I loved Frog Lady just because she had a nice hot bath. I know. <laughs> she craves what we all crave. No, Ashok, uh, Rosario Dawson was really good as Ashoka Tano. Um, obviously, Bob, Boba Fett was amazing. Yeah. And you already... T- yeah. Obviously, I'm going to disagree with... Yeah. You don't like I, Rosario Well, Dawson? I don't... I, no, no, I, I do like Rosario Dawson a lot, actually. I mean, I think you've all heard the humiliating story of me <laughs> meeting her because I, like, stand her so badly. But, uh, but can you yeah. say it on uh, the podcast? Yeah, I met her, I don't know, like 10 years ago or so at a political event. She was a spokesperson for a group called Voto Latino. I introduced myself. And I was like, I'm a huge fan. I loved you in 25th Hour, the movie she did with Spike Lee. And she was like, look at me. And she was like, cool. And then just like walked away. And my coworker was like, I'm never taking you anywhere with me ever <laughs> again. But I, um, I don't oh, I love, love Katie Sackhoff as an actress. I didn't love her as Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. I think she's very one note, but I was happy to see the character of uh, Bo-Katan. And um, like, I liked that they were bringing in the disparate elements of Mandalore yeah. and like how there is like this sort of like different cultures between uh, like the very sort of dogmatic ones that Mando uh, is part of as the, and then the more like, I don't know, reform, yeah version of Bo-Katan and her and her um like underlings and like becoming a fan of like Clone Wars and Rebels like it was just really cool seeing that Ryan uh just to add on to that real quick um I I don't think she's a phenomenal actress in any any aspect but the uh she was actually the voice actress that did the voice in the animated series Ah. for 
for that person to actually come and be the live action yeah. is a cool thing. I think a lot of fans like that. I still don't think she's the best, but uh, but it is it is a cool thing. Is Bo think- is Bo Katan in like the lore? Is she supposed? Because I haven't fully finished Clone Wars. Is she supposed to be like the true a true neutral type? Because like especially towards the end of the season, she seemed like more menacingly like fresh. So, okay, so yeah. Her main goal is to uh, reclaim the glory that is Mandalore. So right. get. Me- le- there was a big disaster years ago, many, many years ago that we don't really know much about, but ever since then, Mandalore has been completely scattered. All the Mandalorians are basically everywhere. They have no place to call home. So she is trying to merge that back together. With that in mind, all of that said, so she is a true Mandalorian from Mandalore, lived there, did the whole thing. The Mando that we know is actually in a weird religious subsect of Mandalore that he's like sort of a religious zealot. So Mm -hmm. uh, with the reveal of that, what did you guys feel about that? Like how he's kind of... I loved it. I loved it. I loved it because I think um, what I was worried about happening in the second season, and and it did happen a little bit, was they softened him too much by by making him so paternal with, uh, with Baby Yoda with Gragu, Gragu, um, and but like making his backstory be like these guys are a little fucked up, they're a little off, like a little off 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 kilter, and yeah. Mandalorians generally are a little kind of off kilter in the galaxy to begin with. Like they're very like harsh people, um, and you know like I think that added a little bit of dimension and texture to his character. Um, I also enjoyed it because I think it explains not like, again, it's a giant galaxy. So it's not like everyone's going to know everything, but I, it seems like he's a, like not naive necessarily, but he seems like he just exists in slightly an ethereal bubble. Mando, like he just does one thing and that's chew bubble gum and take names. And he's all out of bubble gum type shit. <laughs> and so I appreciated it being much more like religious sect esque where it's like, he wouldn't have been exposed that often to just general, like a lot more general culture and like, Norm, normalcy, essentially normal living. Uh, so I, I kind of like that element as well. It gives his character a little bit more heft than just being like this battle-worn soldier kind of person, right? Okay, so he is supposed to be a bounty hunter. He's in a uh, aggressive, uh, very military-driven religious sect of this thing. He is just the nicest guy, though. <laughs> he is so sweet. Like he is the most heroic figure ever. He's never mean to anyone. He helps everyone else out. Like, do you think his characterization is too Disney, too nice, too uh, nice guy? Like, compared to, like, Boba Fett, who we know from the previous movies or whatever, that is obviously more quiet, calculated, and will fucking shoot you in the face more often what what are your guys thoughts i don't know Clark? if it's pure heroic i think it's someone who like i mean he had and whenever any of this happens he has to groan first and then do it yeah but you know he's still doing every single thing and doing everything yeah right. but it, but like he's a bounty hunter he hasn't shot he, anyone in the face recently you know he literally could have murdered timothy oliphant and taken his armor and said he's like all right let's ta- team up small town to take down this giant fucking demon beast for no reason <laughs> you know what he is he no, he's Wolverine. He's Wolverine when he became headmaster of the Jean Grey school. It's like, <laughs> it's like yes. clearly like, you know, like dark past, you know, to- kind of an anti-hero. And now he's like responsible for a small child, uh, in Logan's case, a bunch of children 
And so he ended up having to soften up. But yeah, like he's like, he definitely does the, oh, fine, I'll help. And then he helps. He's more heroic than any of the major like Star Wars uh, protagonists in the movies. Well, that's a good point, Kaylin, because I think it's also built into his, because they obviously spend a lot of time in the first season kind of flashing back to his like more traumatic childhood sort of stuff. And so I think someone having that experience, it would be built in that you want to help, right? Like you went through a very trauma experience and you either obviously grow from it and want to prevent people from having it or you cause that to others. And I think it's it's a good thing that they've pushed in this direction. So it, it does, it feels off for a bounty hunter, but it does make sense overall from a character perspective. Cooler. I mean, I, it does seem off from a bounty hunter, from a bounty hunter perspective, but I feel like it's on, for better, lack of a better word, for a father. I feel like in the first couple, half of the first season, he wasn't like what he is now. Yeah, that's I think, true. I think this is more of character, um, exation, character growth. And obviously in the next season, it's going to have to start off with him slowly trying to figure out maybe going back to this backsliding just because, you know, of grief and not being in that same father position anymore. So, I, I mean, I think this all makes sense. Adam? I was going to say, if he's if it starts with him fucking rumbling around a bar without his helmet on and tattooing, I'm going to fucking kill myself because I do not want that cliche in my Mandalorian. <laughs> and Amy Sedaris like throws a protocol droid in there and she's like, get out of, you got to get yourself together. You got to get just like over, <laughs> overacting her ass off. Yeah, you could do that. Right. Yeah, I would love that. He OK, so he is just a nice dad right now. So he probably will backpedal a little bit. OK, so with Grogu's story, <laughs> Uh, what do we envision, like how much of a role, cause he's going to come back eventually. We're not idiots. We know he's a smash hit. So everyone wants to see him. How long till we see him again? Do we think he's going to be separate? He's going to be on his own journey. Is he going to be in these other like offshoots? Where do, where do we envision his story coming? Uh, I say half season return. So we have a bit of gap so we can feel something when he comes back. Uh, and I think it's like, cause I know there was a conversation of, well, was Grogu at the Jedi temple when Luke yes. tried to kill Kylo and all that shit. And I just love if like halfway through he just shows up. He's like, I can't fucking take this kid anymore. Get him out. <laughs> it, it's I'm like saying... two more years and he speaks perfect English and he's like, Oh, I don't know how Yoda talks, but, uh, um, me not <laughs> like this place or something, <laughs> whatever he said. I would. I would love biggest, it. I'm sorry, the world's into... biggest Star Wars fan doesn't know Yoda language. <laughs> like this, I don't, is what he would say. There it is. There you go. Dad, I miss. I, I was going to say, what if he ends up becoming like Groot in uh, Infinity War, where he's like the teenage Groot, you know, and he's just like, he's just like back talking to Luke. He's back talking to everybody. And like, you know, he's got a filthy mouth. Yeah. And he's like chewing bubble gum and throwing that ball from the ship up in the air. Like, I don't care about you, dad. And then he goes oh. to that frog planet and he commits real genocide. He's like, <laughs> I'm not just eating the eggs. I'm the eating the tadpoles. I'm eating them like while they're grown. A buffet. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to okay. come back just incredibly smart, just like the most eloquent human being ever, says the most, the, <laughs> most high, the biggest words ever created. I, I want he, him to be a genius. He knows how to talk in proper English. Yes. Yoda. Yeah, pop, exactly. <laughs> there was um, elocution less, lessons at the Jedi Academy. In the Star Wars universe, they uh, in, just basic English is just called basic. 
which I love. Um, anyway, uh, Gra- Gragu, uh, so his story, we don't really know much about his like species. So a lot of people online were angry that we didn't get some answers about who he was as a species or anything. And people think that's not going to happen. Do we think that's obviously going to happen later? It seems obvious, yes. right? Well, Brent sent me some stuff. They're like, I can't believe he didn't reveal this stuff. And you're like, well, he's going to be back, Brent. I also oh. want to be careful of how much they reveal because I'm just like, yeah. it's, it's midichlorians all over again. I don't need explanations for shit that is going to just sound so much worse in retrospect. Sorry, Caleb. Well, I mean, the, we got so much backstory on Boba Fett and, and Mandalore and everything. It, it didn't ruin Boba Fett. Yeah. That's true. I mean, don't I don't care about learning out. the you know backstory of the Force and how that what that is, or but you know finding out about characters' planets, I do enjoy. Yeah, I'm really hoping all these series have their own vibe. Yes. The the three new series that we're gonna get, I really hope they're all doing something different, and it's not just Mandalorian 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. You know, well, um, uh, I think I think they will. What are the so it's Book it's, of Boba. It's the Book of Boba Fett. It's Ahsoka, and then it's uh, uh, what's it called? Rangers. No, no, no. Rangers of the New Republic. There it is. The one that I'm nervous about having to deal with. Um, heavy woman. Kara <laughs> Dune. Gina. Gina. Yeah. Heavy gun lady Clark. I will not. Oh, sorry. Heavy gun, gun lady. Excuse okay. me. Okay. Okay. Of course. So uh, let's play a game. If you guys could change and fix anything from this season and make it better, what would it do? And it can't just be who was cast as Bo-Katan, Clark. I mean, that's, we'll just take that out because that is correct. Okay. <laughs> but what about firing Cara Dune? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you can say fire Gina Carano. <laughs> Clark's running out of options. I know, you're ruining me. I... Um, I Oh, good, Clark. I mean, Kalen. I would like there to be some settings in like more like populous planets, because I think after a while it's like, oh, here's Tatooine, the desert planet. Here's the ice planet. Here's the rainforest planet. You know, here's the tundra planet. Like, it's like cool. Like, these are all. I get they're all outer rim planets, but like, give me some Coruscant or give me, you know, like another, like, you know, populated planet. Like I want him to like, like he's a bounty hunter. Like I know he's, you know, like a kind of a dad figure at this point, but like, I think like showing some more variety in terrain uh, and the various societies in the galaxy would help. I also feel like the Star Wars galaxy in general, this isn't just a criticism of Mandalore. I think it's just a criticism of Star Wars. It feels incredibly small. Like it, there's like, there's like seven planets. Yeah. It's like, this is not a system. It's a fucking galaxy. Show me how vast it is. Show yeah. me like how weird and alien it can be, you know? I love that. Like go go to a completely new area for an entire season and don't give us any of our fan favorite ones. Like do something different and maybe go to a planet that like has more than one weather option. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like more than one terrain. Like that would be interesting. Go back to, oh, don't go to Naboo. Never mind. But like, you know, like go somewhere <laughs> like different. Uh, I, my one tweak would probably be he actually does a bounty because we haven't seen that since season one and he fucking loses terribly. Like he just is outgunned or like he is just not, he cannot do this. 
I want to see him actually lose at something. Because even when he loses, he pretty much still wins all the time. Yeah. Um, I I like the Ahsoka episode because it had like the elements of politicking. And I know that Star Wars is not really about politics. But again, having now yeah. gotten through a little bit more of Clone Wars, what I do like so much about that series is that it is relatively heavy politicking. It's still obviously like child level politics. But I do think to all your points, they could afford to have a little bit more of this breathing connected culture of different people and different powers. And instead it's it's exactly right. It's like, it's always a desolate landing with either good weather, cold weather or bad weather, desert weather. And then there's like a small town mission or a small town or big base. Like I'm like, it does need to fill in a little bit more. It's very, I mean, it's, it's not unsurprising that there's so many RPG comparisons because it's it's literally the world map of the Mandalorian is literally an RPG. It's like there's only one town on one planet every time you visit, and that's about it. You don't get more than that. So they could we definitely saw two two towns in that awful swamp planet episode. Yeah, where what we was... first met heavy woman, <laughs> heavy gun woman Clark. <laughs> Uh, the Ahsoka one was so good. That was basically just like a samurai story. Yeah. So like, uh, th- this, th- these seasons can play with anything that they want. Obviously, Western comes up all the time. They they can do like samurai stories. They did the heist one. What uh, are there any themes that you would like to see going forward, uh, Kalen? Espionage. Ooh. I want to see some spy shit in in Star Wars. Yeah. Have we, have we gotten like straight horror? But I guess that's not what's going to happen for a kid's show. But I want. No, Clark, horror. that is mine too. And uh, Amy Sedaris's character is in it and she <laughs> is being hunted down. And so she only has her droids to like help her out. I think that would be really cool. And then I want Man- Amy Sedaris to be the alien that comes out of the chest of somebody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about a romance one? I know we had it a little bit when we were first in, uh, introduced to Large Woman, but uh, but would you want to see like something like that? No, <laughs> me either. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, Star Wars does not do romance well. They don't. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I hate sand. I hate sand. Episode Only- two is just a rom com, and I love it. <laughs> Tr- truly, oh, God. Okay. Only so, if it's sibling, only if it's kiss between siblings. Yeah. It's the only way I'm going to accept it. Because it's allowed on some planets, but yeah. that's the outer rim. Uh, rimming. Uh, okay, with that, with that in mind, uh, what are some of your favorite moments? What are some Easter eggs that you saw? What, what, what did you like the most about this season? Here's a moment that I wanted to bring up, but it doesn't really fit here, but it does. Um, my favorite moment, or what would have been one of my favorite moments, was when um, Man- uh, Mando takes off his you know, mask and, you know, um, Gragu touches his face. Would have been amazing had the episode before not had him also taking off his mask. What Agreed. the fuck was that? Why did you just kind of ruin the next episode's big moment? It pissed me off. And Bill Burr does not deserve anything. He deserves to be punched in the face. Okay. He really does have outdated humor. It's, it's like, it, it's humor from the 90s that he it's, like never well, caught up, but basically. But he's filling in, as I just realized, which is why I think I liked him. He's literally like Steve Buscemi 2.0. Not Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, but also, fuck, what's that? Joey Pantaleone. He's like Joey Pantaleone 2.0. And I like, I just, I have fond what? memories of Joey Pant showing up in every, that actor like shows up in every fucking movie as the like 
scra- like scraggly sidekick, like was always like, come on, what are you doing? I yeah. gotta go do something. Yeah, where can I get a space slice around here? And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I, I think it's just my, it's like definitely, I'm, I must be having, especially after our Wonder Woman podcast too, are like this 80s, 90s flashback where I just want terrible stuff that should have died in the past. And I'm like, that's so cool that that's still around somehow. <laughs> Kaylin? Um, for Easter egg moments, I think it was the episode with uh, Ahsoka Tana and where they mention uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, so excited and I hope they bring <gasps> him in. I think they're going to. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they can't. Like, it's like Chekhov's gun. you got to bring him in. you got to. He's such a cool villain that, like, actually made the, uh, you know, the journey from the extended universe into canon, which, like, hasn't happened for any, almost any other character. Uh, and like he's, he was so fucking good in Rebels. Like, oh man, like seeing him, seeing him, you know, in live action, I like, I cannot wait. Oh, I'm so excited. I hope they get like a really good actor for it. I'm so excited. You know, Ahsoka's gonna journey is gonna be all about him, which I'm so excited about. And you can bring in the rest of that like animated team into live action too. Uh, my one of my moments that was like just a small little moment that you never really saw in Star Wars lore was like, you got to flesh out Boba Fett in so many different ways. He really became a different person. He was like, (laughs) his fighting style was so cool and so different. And you, you got to see into his ship slave one for the first time, because so many people through the years have wondered how his ship fucking moves because it's like, there's like a center ball and then it pivots up. And then, so you actually got to see how that, and that was just such a cool moment that I was like, as a young, like I watched these movies for so many years, you never knew like, what the fuck is that? Like, it was so interesting. And one other thing was R4D4 um, from A New Hope was also in the Tatooine Amy Sedaris scene. And mm-hmm. he was the first droid that was picked uh, by, uh, before, by Uncle Owen. Yeah, before R2, because he malfunctioned or whatever. So it's just so many fun Easter eggs that they can just throw in and you can know it or you cannot. I just, I'm in heaven. Um, my, I have two small ones. I mean, they're not Easter eggs, but um, one of my favorite scenes was the sword fight between Rosario Dawson and yes. whoever that woman was. That I lady. It was really well done. I mean, it looked gorgeous. And I don't know, it actually had some sort of cultural respect that made sense in terms of how a fight in that respect would go yeah, down. Totally. Um, and the other one was, oh no. The other one was, I just love the fact that we're just shoving animals with bombs down monsters' mouths now. And it's totally <laughs> cool. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, there you go. Get it done. Okay, our last question. What do you want to see going forward with any of the new series and what potentially for the next season of The Mandalorian? Well, we just made up a Tatooine show. So give me all of those characters put together in some sort of Dirty Dozen situation. Star Wars presents Tattoo Much coming this fall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. And and the easy version is just get us to Mandalore. Uh like a true comedy Star Wars series would be really fun. And even if you just do one-off episodes like they did with the Taikai Watiti episode where it's stormtroopers mm-hmm. just having a chat on their like fucking bikes. Like I, more stuff like that should be integrated. 
I always think back to when Han Solo came on, it seemed like such a serious world, like serious like universe. And he was the one comedic relief. Like we need more comedic relief like that in they, the universe because that fleshes it out so much. They could definitely, that's a great point, Ryan. They could definitely afford to like, they like Star Trek now has the lower decks, which I think is a mega fan show because so much of the reference is knowing the con, like knowing the world and the lore. I think there's such ripe opportunity to make a much more comedy focused uh, Star Wars show, especially if it's like more one-off or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I think for Mando 3, I'd like to, this is my own personal preference is I love a serialized show, especially when you don't have that many episodes per season. It's one thing if you're like a 20 episode network television, you've got to have episodes of the week and it's really hard to thread a story through that much time because it's just, that's so much script and so much content to write. But this is a pretty tight like level of timing for a TV show like a Netflix or an HBO. I would like to see them continue down that path, agreeing with Kalen that I would, I, the Luke Skywalker scene was great. Uh, and now I don't want to see anything like it for a very long time. And yeah. I get terrified because mm. of how much Star Wars fandom loves its fandom. So it's like, they want their fan fiction. They want their big events. Like it's the reason why Battlefront exists. And it is it's so fun. You can have Vader fighting Grievous, fighting this, fighting that. And so I'm just like praying that they don't double down like a TV show normally does to be like, people love these, like even Amy Sedaris, right? It's like, I do want her there, but I only want her like in every five episodes to have yeah. a line. Cause so, otherwise you're just like, no, no, no. It's just so repetitive and churning as a TV show as opposed to a art uh, clerk. The thing I most want to see is the return of B. Arthur's character from the Christmas <laughs> special. I think they could I think they could do like a hologram of her. You know how we got these holograms of the Grammys and shit. Now why can't we just have her, but she's Dorothy's Bornack. They just take all of the scenes from Golden Girls and just have her say those lines to people. I love that. And they could do that with technology now. And why not have uh Chewbacca's wife, Lumpy, there too? Lumpy could be there. Yeah, yeah, for no reason. Yeah. I mean Yeah. Kaylin. It's it's Lumpy with a gun. That's what it is. <laughs> Lumpy has um, a gun. I wanna. I uh, would like them to find an interesting way to show how the New Republic is ultimately like unstable. Like, don't do like the boring ass politics of the prequel uh, trilogy, but like, show me like why like it's so fucking hard to govern like, you know, these outer rim planets or even some of the inner planets and all that kind of shit. If they can interweave that into Mandalor uh, into the Mandalorian, into, you know, some of the other spinoff series, mm -hmm. I, I think I would really, really dig that a lot. And I bitch, should we... just show us more of the, like, the New Republic. Like, show us something. We just get, like, right. X-Wing fighters every once in a while. Give me more. We have, we, have, we have a show that's called Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, that's true. I'm sure that'll be good with with, but, big, with big guns in it or whatever her name is. I don't think, but I don't think it's going to touch what, I mean, I could be wrong. It's uh, not going to go as far as what you want. No, it'll be, it'll be about them, you know, like, you know, trying to tame the outer rim world mm -hmm. it's like it's all outer it's all outer rim shit like cool give me some inner rim shit you know they'll be talking <laughs> to somebody who's at headquarters and they'll do some annoying stuff there but it won't be enough yeah. it won't be enough well there you yeah. have it kaylin wants some inner rimming kaylin you want to take <laughs> us out uh on that note uh <laughs> we've been homo superior 
We've been Homo Superior, your source for all your rimming needs. Um, <laughs> but you can find us uh, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And you definitely interact with us on, um, on Twitter at Homo Superior X and on Instagram, Homo Superior Podcast. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Do, 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 do. Was that good? <laughs>